Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, August 1st edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. My guest today, Rotowire President Peter Schenke, who um, we've never talked before. And um, so I really want to thank you for doing this with me. I'm happy to be aboard with you guys and uh, having a great time so far. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have you on the Rotowire team and the podcast has been uh, wonderful. So I'm happy to get my, get my shot here. All right, well, you are, we're going to start, you're stirring the pot a little bit today. You have an article published on Rotowire today. Check it out, everybody. It's time to end PPR. You're going to basically, it, everybody, I will say two things. One, there are a lot of really good points in there. And two, I think you're going to have some people who are a little angry with you for writing this. Oh, yeah. I mean, people love PPR. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I don't think it's a winning battle. Like, if it's politics, I, I, don't <laughs> think, uh, I don't think it's going to win. Um, but I just think that people, you know, a lot of people just don't realize the history behind why we have PPR. I mean, you know, why do we just pick this random stat that, that in a real game is kind of meaningless, right? I mean, a reception in and of itself doesn't mean anything. Like, why don't we have, you know, passing attempts as a point or um, rushing attempts as a point? And there are some leagues that have those, but PPR is the dominant um, force. And really, it, it comes from kind of how the evolution of fantasy fo- football, which in its early days... 
uh, was dominated dominated by quarterbacks because the scoring systems were really crude and basic because you know we didn't have the internet and spreadsheets and you know databases uh, to a point where uh, it became dominated by running backs um, and running backs if you go back and look at the stats in the late 90s and early 2000s I mean the number one running back every year was just a machine you know 20 plus touchdowns you know 2,000 yards combined if you you know you, if you didn't have the first pick in your draft you, you probably didn't win. And so the, the, the fantasy industry was just constantly trying to counteract that so that if you didn't, you know, didn't have one of the top guys, you know, you had a better chance. And so they added things like flex positions and three wide receivers and eventually PPR. But PPR, you know, the league kind of took care of itself. You know, eventually right. people figured out that if you take a running back, you run him for throw more than 370 carries, he's going to get hurt. And so we have timeshares and splits and, you know, the running back. Uh, production has declined sharply and now wide receivers dominate the drafts um, especially you know I mean the PPR drafts the high stake PPR drafts especially like if you're in the National Fantasy Football Championship um, it's wide receivers you know there's 20 plus in the first 40 picks wow uh, and you know and so and so the, all of this we're kind of like distorting fantasy football all for you know what was a correction to try and balance positions and it, you know it's kind of the point where it's like we just don't need that anymore Right. I think I said to you before we started recording that much I, I like when there's more opportunities to score. But we ha- we started this to try to make it like real football. when We started fantasy football, you know, 30 plus years ago. And when guys like Theo Riddick and Danny Woodhead get very important for your league, then maybe a tweak is in order. So I think I'd agree yeah. with you there. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I mean, the, the flip side is that it's fun when you're watching the game. It's, it's a, it's something you can watch. Like the guy catches the pass. You're like, yes, I have a point. Right. So it's, that's very fun. Whereas a lot of stats and fantasies in fantasy sports, whether it's football or some other sport are not like that. Right. So it's like right. in baseball, I, I never would have want to have like a, uh, you know, wins above replacement war league uh, for fantasy. Right. Because it'd be like some guy would hit a fly ball and it would go to the center fielder and it would drop in for a hit. And you'd be like, well, does that help me? Or did that not? <laughs> I mean, was that a, was that a catchable ball? How yeah. are they going to rule that? You know, whereas like, you know, football is great. Cause you got your guy scores a touchdown. I get six points. I mean, it's very easy to see. Right. And that's why stolen bases in baseball are great. Guy steals a base, you know, you're like, yes, right. You, you, you know what it is. So I, the catch is like that, but the stat just doesn't, is kind of meaningless. I mean, the other equivalent, what I would say would be, would be basketball where a lot of leagues use free throw percentage. Right. And that always really bothers me. Cause it's like, you know, Shaquille O'Neal back in the day, um, you know, one of the most dominant players uh, in basketball history, certainly fantasy basketball history. But if your league had free throw percentage, he was like mediocre, right? Because yeah. he, he's so terrible. And it's like, well, that just doesn't reflect reality because, you know, he is, you know, he's one of the best players in the NBA. He gets paid big money. You know, who cares about free throws? If he gets to the line a, bu- line a bunch of times, you know, that's value, right? Even if he's shooting 50%. And it's the same for football, right? I mean, is, is Danny Woodhead pulling down the mega contract? I mean, is he really the best player in the league or something like that? I mean, I'm sure if you ranked players by their real fan, you know, real world fans, uh, real world football value, he he would not rank as high as he does in a PPR format. But I realize it's minor. It's a game. Part of fantasy football is assessing actual talent on the field, and part of it is you know trying to beat the game. And if you know you've got some obscure category and you can find a player that that's, that's great in it. That's a way to way to beat the game. I really like the other suggestion you have. Is is sort of the next evolution is to to make the super flex more prevalent. And basically, everybody that allows you for, it's an extra flex that allows for a quarterback too. So this gives us this would give us reason to draft Jared Goff. For- yeah, I like leagues. I mean, I, I'm in more and more leagues that way. Um, 
It, what it really does, I think, is it makes it better for free agency. I mean, you know, if you're in like a deep league, like you know, 14 teams, 16 teams, um, you know, you know, free agency gets really thin, right? I mean, there's like the running back who gets hurt and everyone bids on him, but after that, you're going for third wide receivers and guys who get like five, ten targets a game, right? Yep. Um, but if you have, uh, and if you have two a two quarterback league, then it's like you got to have quarterbacks, and every quarterback's taken, and they're super valuable. But when you have a super flex, and you can put in a, a, a player who's a quarterback or not a player, then something that opens it up, because then you're like, well, I can take the, I can get the Browns quarterback off free agency this week, and play with my super flex while my, while my quarterback's hurt or has a buy, or I can pick up the third wide receiver for the Vikings who's not going to really do that much. It's kind of more of an equal balance, and so then there's more options. And I found that to be um, I, th- I think that's a lot better way to sort of even out the positions and make the um, free agent pool bigger than uh, than just PPR. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I like the Superflex a lot. Okay, we're going to move on to some other stuff. But before that, we would like to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Also, check us out on Twitter. Peter is at Peter Schenke. That's S-C-H-O-E-N-K-E. I'm at jhalpin37. You can also get us at Rotowire. You can get player updates at Rotowire NFL. And if you haven't checked out our Facebook page or liked it, we'd really like if you did that. All right. In addition to uh, running all things Rotowire, Peter covers the Vikings and the Colts for us. You're a Vikings fan, right? Yeah, I grew up in Minneapolis. Um, I'm a long-suffering Vikings fan. Uh, it's like being a masochist, being a fan with them. <laughs> they always get so close and then and then don't don't make it. So, yes, uh, I don't know if this is the year, but one of these years, hopefully in my lifetime, they'll actually even get to the Super Bowl. Hopefully. Um, yeah, so close is right, since you haven't been there in a while. Um the first guy I want to ask you about, we're going to do a handful of questions about the Vikings, basically cover their, all their fantasy fortunes. And uh, the hot name is Dalvin Cook. And, and we've been talking about him a little bit over the last couple of weeks since I started doing this with you guys. Are you a believer? I, the stock is rising. People seem to think, you know, well, Latavius Murray's on the pup list to start camp and he's got ankle issues and Jerick McKinnon and people, no one likes Jerick McKinnon anymore. So is, is the path clear for Dalvin Cook to, let's say, be a top 25 fantasy running back? I think so. I don't know if I'm that, I don't know if I'm that high on him skill wise. I mean, I know he was great in college. He didn't do much in the combine. I think the Vikings got a good value by trading up for him. And I think he'll, he'll get the job. I think that like the competition around him isn't strong enough. Um, so I think you know, there's a really good chance that he's going to get all, all of the, all of the carries of the, the, you know, the majority of playing time. I just don't know if that offense is going to be that good or if the offensive line is going to block. I mean, last year there's some crazy stat. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I think it was Adrian Peterson averaged like less than a yard um, before he got contact, <laughs> you know, and I know he didn't play that much, um, but the Minnesota's offensive line was, was just not good last year. And I don't know that they've improved a lot. They've already got, uh, you know, one, you know, key injury Riley reef so far in training camp. I mean, we'll see. I don't know if it's serious, but you know, you never want to start out camp with a guy who's not participating in a position where you're, you know, kind of kind of struggle. So I just don't know that he's going to, you know, be that great on a per play basis. But I think, you know, he'll, he'll, I think the volume will be there. I think that they'll want to run the ball. Their, their offense, I think, is going to be very pedestrian, very mediocre. I mean, who on the Vikings offense are you scared of if you're a defensive coordinator? Like, who yeah. do you go in and say, we, oh, we got to stop this guy? I mean, Sam Bradford's, you know, accurate, but not going to really throw it down the field that far. They don't have great deep threats. Um, I mean, all their receivers are good, but not great. So I just don't. I just think they're media. Their 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 offense is you know mediocre and could be bad. 
especially if the offensive line has injuries and is not, it's not that good. So a uh, cook, I mean, I got him in the fifth round in a 14 team, non PPR league, um, a league where I started out with four wide receivers. Um, and I need upside running backs. I think he fits that mode. Um, and I think if his price is there or later, I, you know, then I really like him this year. Um, but if he starts creeping up in the preseason, cause he looks good in preseason game or, it's going to be pretty clear that he's going to get the job. You know, then he might get too expensive. All right. So, so my my buddy, my binky, Jarek McKinnon, not even in PPR. Not, not I can't worry about him. I always want to find a reason to draft him. Yeah, he had a shot last year, right? Yeah. I mean, if he went down, he was there. Maybe it was the offensive line's fault. But when the you know front office goes out and you know signs a free agent, drafts a, you know, drafts a high profile player. <laughs> um, and now you're the third wheel. I just, you know, I don't see it happening. Um, you know, you never know. I mean, who knows? Running back, you know, the, 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 you know, the rookie could get hurt. The veteran could be injured all year. He could, he could get a shot again, but you know, he just didn't show a whole lot. I, I think he's more of kind of a gadget guy. Like I, yeah. I he was a college quarterback. I, I'm always like angry that they don't have him like, you know, throw the ball more. And when he, when he has thrown the ball, he's actually been kind of bad, okay. but I'm always like, ah, oh, that'd be great. You know, you know, have him roll out throw some passes, do some, you know, do so, some things like that from the team perspective. I think that'd be really fun. And I still think that there's that possibility that he could figure in as kind of that kind of guy, but I just don't see him, you know, filling the void to get a large, a lot of workload unless there's just a lot of injuries. Uh, yeah. I got to tell you last year I had him on a bunch of teams and after Peterson got hurt, not that I'm, you know, you never want to be happy that the guy got hurt, but I went, wow, this plan worked great. Oh, I, I'm set. All set. That, that was Charles Sims for me last year. I had him in thir- I have I had 13 leagues last year. I had him on all 13 teams, <laughs> which is hard to do. I didn't try to do that. I mean, obviously I liked him, but you know, it wasn't like I, you know, took him five rounds early and was like, this guy's a breakout guy. So, you know, Doug Martin gets hurt that one week. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. I finally get this guy in all 13 leagues. I'm going to, you know, this, this, I'm just going to roll this year. He gets hurt the next week, and he's pretty much nothing. I mean, there's, right. So I feel your pain. There's nothing more, dis- you know. There's nothing more disappointing than when you finally have your long shot running back, get an opportunity, and then he's, you know, kind of, he, he's a disappointment. Yeah, I, I would have been buying Jarek McKinnon jerseys for Christmas if that plan worked out last year. All right, <laughs> um, Sam Bradford. So last year, uh, you know, everything was a dink and dunk, which has been Sam Bradford's career. It wasn't just last year, but. It, it, it might have been an extreme last year because, well, we've talked about the line not being that great. And, and to be honest, he came in really, really late. I don't remember how, how long before the start of the season did he come in? It was like six days or yeah, something. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Do you think they open it up with him a little more this year? I mean, I think they have to. Um, you know, like I said, the line might not be that great in terms of run blocking. The, the running backs are kind of new. Um, you know, they have a new offensive coordinator. I mean, he, he came in the middle of last year. So this is his first full year. So I could definitely see some upside with Bradford where they're going to just throw the ball a lot more. Um, but, you know, the thing about Bradford was last year was really, you know, what the first year of his career is, you know, he's really healthy the whole year. I guess he had one year in, in St. Louis where he played 16 games. Um, and I guess he's had two years in a row. He's played 14 games or more. But, you know, in my mind, I still just have all the injuries he suffered in his yep. career. So just, you know, I'm, I'm worried that he's going to hold up for, for you know, t- gambling on him to hold up two years in a row. It's probably not a good bet. And then... Well, like I said, like I like, you know, Diggs I like as a receiver, you know, Thielen I think is pretty good. Michael Floyd, if he comes back, you know, he could maybe make an impact. But I just don't see the, the, the receiving core having, you know, there's just no one there that's a great deep threat and, and is really going to be a dynamic receiver, I, I don't think, um, you know, to really make to really make the quarterback much better. So, 
yeah, I mean, I can see more volume. I, I could definitely think he'll, I definitely think he'll throw farther down the field. Last year was just more of a byproduct of their offensive line being so bad and their running backs all being injured. But, um, but I don't see a ton of upside. See, okay, so I'm a little surprised at that because I, I figured you would like Stefan Diggs more. There's some there's some metrics that argue that he's a pretty good receiver. I know last I mean the year before was a lot different than last year, and last year might have been a factor of the dink and dunk with Bradford. You don't I mean Diggs, it's not like he's some downfield burner like you said, but but you're not I mean last year eighty four for nine oh three and three touchdowns. You you don't see sort of a step forward, let's say yards per catch wise and things like that with Diggs? It could be. The thing that worries about about him is his injury history. I mean he was very hurt in college. And he's being dinged up here, you know, here and there. If he's going to get more workload and do that kind of stuff, I just don't know if he's going to hold out, hold up. Um, I just, I, you know, when I look at the whole Vikings offense, and maybe I'm just having uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, fallout. But for so many years, it's been predicated on, okay, this is we have this one element in our offense that you know you need to stop, and so we're going to build everything around there. And then that opened up the passing lanes. And I think that even with when Peterson was hurt last year, you know, offensive, I mean, defensive coordinators are slow to adjust. I mean, they, they go into the season with this mindset and you see it all the time, right? <laughs> you know, where they'll play some team and the stars missing and yet they still have the game plan that they had from three weeks ago because they just can't convert enough. And I think, so I, th- I just wonder how the Vikings are going to do that this year and how coordinators are going to do that. They, they might just say, we're going to shut down Diggs this year. I mean, who, who else, who else scares you? I mean, until, you know, until, uh, you know, the running game shows that it's going to be a difference maker, you know, that's what I would do as a defensive coordinator. So I, I haven't seen enough from Diggs to think that he's like, you know, an elite receiver that's going to make that's going to make a difference. I think he's good. But I think I also worry they also play like 12 games. OK, so at ADP wise at wide receiver 25 and and let's say just outside the fifth round in a 12 teamer, is he a no go for you? No, he probably is. I think it probably depends on more of my strategy. I'm more of a, a wide receiver first guy. Um, so at that point I'm usually probably looking for running backs. So I haven't really haven't had, I, I think I've, I think I've digs in a best ball league, um, you know, where I got him probably around that, you know, a similar type area or something like that. So that's not, a, it's not a bad play. I'm just not like, I certainly I'm not down on him by any means. I'm just not overly like super excited about him. And so that I'm going to have him on a lot of my teams. Got it. Okay. Um, the last guy I want to care. So, so you talked about people not scaring you. You've got a player here who I wouldn't call scary, but he's sort of, boringly efficient and that is Kyle Rudolph um last year he caught a ton of passes 83 for 840 and seven touchdowns um right now he's tight end eight going off the board that sounds like a pretty solid bet to me yeah it could be I mean obviously Brad you know he's got a rapport with Bradford so that's good that'll probably continue um, he just, my gut says he's, he's kind of one of those guys who, when he has a good year, you know, the next year he's down and the next year he's up, right. <laughs> you want to buy him after a down year as opposed to an up year. Um, again, I just, you know, uh, the mediocrity, I think the offense might be mediocre. He's probably going to take a, a step back from what he was last year. Cause okay. I think that, the, you know, I think that the wide receivers will be a little bit better. Um, you know, you know, the, maybe the running back will be a little bit better. You know, he'll probably do about the same. I just don't see a lot of upside. And, you know, he's going he's going where everybody kind of expects his stats last year. That's just a little bit too rich for me. I think that I just don't know that he's that dynamic of a player that where he's going to get you know, 80 plus receptions every year. Gotcha. OK, everyone, we want to thank our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast with Yahoo Fantasy Football. There are endless ways to feel the wins each week. 
whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. Peter, are you a smack talker with your fantasy friends? I think so. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm uh, I don't know if I'm world class, but uh, it's definitely fun to do that. Is there so if you've got 13 teams, you can't smack talk everywhere. But do you have particular targets for your smack talk that you really enjoy? Uh, well, it's, some leagues are more smack talky than others. You know what I mean? So I think that uh, that's what that really, that's what it comes down to. You know, and, and also players. You know, we we taught a lot of players. You know, as experts, there's guys we're high on. Uh, when you know, when Charles Sims. <laughs> was had that week I, you know i was on twitter touting him like crazy and bragging and then uh, you know a week later i was not so <laughs> yeah actually that was my back to my mckinnon thing i was at the i think it was panthers vikings early in the year and i'm sitting there you know and, and, and i he was doing some work for the panthers but i'm sitting silently in the press box going hmm jared mckinnon how's this gonna work and then i saw him just basically get blown blown away on a blitz and then run into the back of a bunch of offensive linemen i went ah okay now i get it so yeah <laughs> uh, so no smack talking there um so it's football. Yahoo Fantasy Football is football in its funnest, best form where there's no such thing as excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play and easy to use on desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Sign up today at rotowire.com slash Yahoo and download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. The Yahoo Fantasy app Messenger allows for all the witty banter and smack talk the early can muster. The app is just as extensive as the desktop experience, letting you draft, trade, and comb waiver options right on your phone. It gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league dues for free. That's a big deal. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. We're going to move to the Colts, who you uh, handle for Rotowire as well. Um, I had Brad Evans on Monday, and I basically said at this point, with Andrew Luck saying, um, and actually, we're doing this early Tuesday afternoon. I don't know if any new news is out this morning that I missed. But they asked Andrew Luck over the weekend, hey, you think you're going to be ready for week one? He went, yeah, you know, maybe, kind of, not sure. Right, hopefully. <laughs> you go, okay, great. Thanks, Andrew. Um, is he sort of, I mean, ADP in mind, is he pretty much undraftable right now unless he really, really slips? Well, I'm kind of of two minds of it. I mean, on one hand, you know, his, his ADP is too high. He's the number three quarterback in the NFFC ADP of like 42. Um, it's pretty rich. I mean, the position is so deep, and I'm a weight on the quarterback guy. I mean, yeah. unless it's a two quarterback format, I'm not taking anybody. So, yeah, with, that, with, with some sort of injury risk, and it's a little more. I think there's more injury risk than I would have thought a few weeks ago. I, you know, I took a, I did a couple of drafts in July, uh, when it was, when it was said that oh, Luck's going to be fine and start a training camp. He'll be, you know, he'll be ready. And then he shows up, and and turns out he's throwing. Oh, but maybe he's only throwing a tennis ball. And even though Luck was probably really downplaying expectations, you know, being smart about it, um, there's still some risk now. Where in my mind, whereas before, you know, a month ago I thought it was no big deal. So yeah, I would I would I would probably wouldn't own him. His ADP should fall though, because he's not going to do anything all preseason, right? right? I think that like two weeks from now, when he hasn't played game two and game three of the preseason, uh, unless there's like glowing reports, I think everyone's going to kind of probably start freaking out. The people where when people start to draft, so if he'll he'll maybe slip, um, but you're right. I mean, at the price he's at now, it's hard for me to envision taking him a lot of leagues. The flip side is, I think if he plays and he's healthy, and I think he will be healthy. I mean, I think he will. I think he'll end up being fine. Um, he played through this injury last year. If you talk to most of the medical people, they don't think it's a big deal. Certainly not as big a deal as even like Cam Newton's shoulder injury. Um, so I think yeah, you know the medical community seems to think he'll be fine. And I'm actually pretty high on the Colts in terms of their passing game. 
um, for a few reasons. One is everybody trashes their offensive line, and if you look at the metrics, they're terrible last year. But they actually kind of showed improvement late in the season. Um, they allowed just six sacks in the last five games. Um, all five players who started at the end of last season are back. Um, you know, they drafted another high-profile player, well, at least in the third round, to put into the mix. Um, but they're starting to see some stability. And if Luck's healthy and the the line improves even just a tad, um, you know, that's going to make a big difference because you know he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Was pretty good. Pretty good last. Year. And then the flip side is the defense could be terrible. I mean, they're basically rebuilding the defense. They re-signed a ton of new players, especially in the linebacking core. Um, none of them are high-profile, high-pedigree guys. Um, you know, the defense could be terrible. And so, you know, if you have Andrew Luck, who's healthy, an offensive line that's improved, and a defense that's worse, that could be a lot of passing yards. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm high on, on the Colts passing game in general, and I, I'm going to have a lot of Moncrief. Um, right. I'm going to have a lot of other players. Um, and just hope and, and, you know, thinking that luck is healthy, but a quarterback, it's more market driven. It's just, you know, why take a guy who's dinged up at all or has any risk when you can, you know, wait five rounds later, seven rounds later and get something that's just, you know, not that much worse. Yeah. There's a, there seems like there's a lot to wait on this week. I think, um, Scott Pianowski was the one I talked to recently who just said, I, I don't know why anyone would draft a quarterback early this year because waiting just gives you so many options, you know? Oh yeah. There's tons, tons of guys. I mean, I love Roethlisberger late. I love, you know, I mean, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I mean, I'm looking through the ADPs right now for, for the NFFC. I mean, Kirk Cousins, the 11th quarterback. Roethlisberger is number 13. Stafford. Yeah, Andy Dalton, number 16. I'm not that high on Stafford, but I could live with him if, if he was my first quarterback, right. especially in a team league, you know, I mean, where you mixed and matched and got guys up the waiver wire. I mean, I, I'd be fine. He's not my, you know, he's not my choice, but I wouldn't leave that draft if I was solid everywhere else and I had to settle for Stafford as my quarterback and be worried about my team at all. Yeah, I think I'm with it. Rivers is the same way with me. I'm like, I don't love him anymore, and I see the risk, but, you know, a lot of weapons. He always puts up numbers, and he's the 15th quarterback off the board. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a I lot mean, there. So We can argue about this, you know, with quarterbacks 12 through 15, but we're not arguing about which one we're going to get stuck with because all, all the rest think, we're, you know, we're going to argue who's better. So if you're if you're having that kind of argument and it's, right. you know, can we get a quarterback that far, well, then, you know, why why not do it? Yep. Uh, I'm with you. All right, let's move to running back. At Frank Gore, every year you say, I think it's I think it's time. You know, no more Frank Gore. And then he just plods along and he puts up decent numbers. Is this the year to quit on Frank Gore or could you still see, you know, owning him right now? His his stock is not ADP wise. Let's see here. Frank Gore is going. I've got him as the th- I'm looking at the NFL 37th running back off the board. I mean, the guy's probably going to get, you know, 200 plus carries, right? Yeah, I mean, you you haven't gone wrong if you've uh, taken Frank Gore in each of the last five years. Right. I mean, each of the last probably five years um, his you know, he's been written off um, and it's always come out pretty good. Now, you haven't probably, you know, hit a home run. Right, but I think the price, you know, the price for him is so low. I, I mean, I think this probably is the year that, that that it finally happens where he falls off. But the Colts really, you know, they took Marlon Mack in the fourth round, but that's not like that high a profile of a backup, right? It doesn't seem like they're overly worried. Um, you know, he's still the main guy there. They talk about giving him a, a few less carries, but you know, they did each of the last two years too. It didn't materialize. So I'm not. High, I mean, obviously I'm not high in him by any means, but at some point when the price just falls to, yes. to nothing. 
you know, it's worth taking the running back that has the starting job. I mean, it's kind of the same argument for Jockeys Rogers, right, in, in Tampa Bay. It's like, give me the guy with the, you know, the people I think in fantasy football really underestimate for running backs at some point the value of having the starting job. I mean, just about any NFL running back, if they have the starting starting job, is going to have value and has a decent shot at being productive and keeping the role for another week. <laughs> right. So, you know, at, at, the, at this time of year, you know, I'd rather have a guy who has the job. Um, you know, fantasy football, the season is so short. I mean, everyone says, oh, it's 17 weeks, but mostly it's, you know, it's 13 weeks regular season or less. If you're, you know, if you don't have a good team by week seven, eight or nine, you know, you're probably out of it. I mean, give me the, that's why I never take the guys who are suspended for two or three weeks. You know, it's like, you just never want to have your team, you know, being behind the, you know, behind the curve that, that, that much. Um, and a lot of people just write that off as like, yeah, no big deal. He'll be back. Right. Um, and it's like, no, actually, but the first, you know, first couple weeks are really important. You just don't want to, you know, it's really hard in fantasy football. It's such a short season to get behind the eight ball. So Frank Gore is going to have the job. He'll, you know, probably, you know, he'll be healthy, I would assume, the first couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, if he's a bargain and he's there really, you know, for nothing, I think I got him in the Stopa auction league for like $7 out of $400. Right. Um, How can you pass that up, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, obviously he's old, he's not going to hold up at some point, you know, it's got to be the end. It's probably this year, but, uh, you know, the Colts, like I said, and I think their offense could be moving the ball a lot. Their defense is going to be bad. Um, he's, you know, he's going to stay in there when, when, if they're passing, um, you know, so I, I, I so, you know, I'm, at some point there's a price where I'm definitely willing to, to, to take a chance that he's going to continue for one more year. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Marlon Mack and the other one, people were looking going, you know, hey, you never know. Robert Turbin could threaten. And I'm like, come on, Robert Turbin. Really? I've heard this before in multiple places. Yeah. I mean, he showed decent as like a goal line back last year, but I just couldn't I just can't see him being the guy that's going to get all of the workload if, if Gore would get hurt. Right. You know, it might, might be part of a committee system or something like that. I think Mac has, I mean, the flip side is I've, I like Mac a lot. I mean, I, I got him in a lot of leagues. You can get him for nothing. Um, you know, and so, I, you know, he, he's, you know, he's a guy with my strategy. I like to take wide receivers first and then a lot of upside running backs, a lot of lottery tickets. And he's definitely a lottery ticket that, that, that could pay off. Okay. You mentioned one of the wide receivers earlier um, and Dante Moncrief. So, so let's assume that Luck's going to be okay. Um, T.Y.'s, a, I mean, he's clearly, he's a top 10 wide receiver, period. There's no, there's nothing to worry about. He's just, he is rock solid. He's probably more rock solid than people give him credit for, don't you think? Yeah, he just doesn't catch touchdowns, right? I mean, yeah. he's just not a little guy. He's not a, you know, tall guy that's going to get all these red zone targets. But yeah, otherwise he, he's extremely productive. All right. And Dante Moncrief, you said you're going to own a lot of Dante Moncrief. The ADP right now is down in the, let's say, sixth, seventh round. He's barely inside the top 30 wide receivers. You 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 like that price a lot, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he, he got hurt last year. Um, and I think, you know, that and, and he wasn't great before he got hurt. But I think that if you're going to have any number two wide receiver in a Colts offense with a healthy Andrew Luck that's throwing the ball a lot, you know, a low. You know, I'm going to buy that guy. I don't, I don't even know if the talent matters, right? Because he's just probably going to right. get targets and, and do that. And then Moncrief, I think, you know, he's shown flashes here and there in his career uh, where he's been, you know, very good. And reports about training camps that indicate that he's, you know, catching everything and looks good. And I know that you shouldn't read too that too much that much into it, but um, it just sort of it just seems like everything's kind of trending in the right direction. And I think people just kind of forgot about him because he was a big disappointment last year for for sure. He got hurt um, and he didn't produce, produce a ton, but you know, he still had. 
seven touchdowns in, in nine games. I mean, he, um, you know, he's he, he's he's going to get his share. Yeah, he's he. Uh, I like him, and uh, like you're right. Last year at this time, people were going crazy about Dante Moncrief, and, and yeah. it, that always happens. A guy, everyone goes nuts about him, and then he has an off year and he disappoints everyone, and people kind of go, "Ah, see you later. I'm done. I don't I don't need to worry about him anymore." It's it's the same thing, and baseball's the same way. You know, people just it's what it, what the post type sleeper is is the the term we use sometimes for that one. I mean, he's not Moncrief's not a sleeper. He's not going really late, but but it, it's sort of you know one bad turn and the guy just you know people just tuned him out a little bit, and, and that can be kind of unfair with a, a guy who's still pretty young. Yeah, I mean, he hurt his shoulder. I mean, a lot of a lot of times in football, one of my philosophies in football is as soon as the guy loses a step, he's pretty much done. You know, it, that's generally what you should probably think of mentally wise. Baseball, it's kind of like. People get hurt, and then they, you know, they have long careers, and so they bounce back. Um, but football, your your the career arcs are so short, and people in fantasy football just forget that. I mean, I always tell people go go pick up your magazine from like three years ago and look at the top 100, and how many of those guys are even relevant or even in the league anymore. It right. just turns over so fast. So people always assume, oh, this guy gets nicked up, oh, he'll be fine, he'll be back, no big deal, he'll be back to what he was before. And it just it just you know that's not a gamble that you really want to take. Too often, but I think it's a little bit different for Moncrief. You know, like receivers. Receivers don't get injured a whole lot. This is a shoulder injury. It's not like a knee or something where you know it's really going to fundamentally change his, his career. So I think he's a good, really good bounce back injury candidate at a good position with a decent injury. So and I think that people are just forgetting that, right? You know, right, writing him off because he wasn't that good. And I think I think he'll, I think he'll be back and he'll be fine. All right, the last Colt I want to mention is Jack Doyle. Um, the last couple of months. Jack Doyle seems to have gotten very popular in the fantasy analyst community. Everybody's looking, you know, his catch rate and red zone targets and all that stuff. And Dwayne Allen's not there anymore. And, you know, the, the bandwagon is close to full on Jack Doyle. Are you on it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's definitely one of the tight ends I look at. I mean, he's going at 14th in the NFFC. Right. I'm, you know, I'm usually waiting on tight ends as well. He's definitely one of the guys th- that I would target. I mean, he, you know, he'll be the second or third option in that offense. He yet, you know, he's just improved every year. Um, I, I, I see no reason to, you know, he's unlike Kyle Rudolph, who I think, you know, frankly, like that, it was his peak last year. I think, I think Doyle could stay there and maybe even, you know, go a notch higher. Um, and if the Colts passing game is, is going to be, you know, good, like I think it is, then I, I think he'll, He'll start, his stock will, will improve. So he's, he's definitely a guy I'll have on a bunch of teams. So now do you think – but we're saying this now where he is going, let's say, 10th round in a 12-team or how much do you think – is the bandwagon chugging enough that 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 that, that ADP – you think it will go too high? We don't know. But how much do you think it will go up? Not a lot. I just – the guy's 14th. I mean, you know, he's probably not going to play a lot in the preseason. So he's probably not going to give him a whole, a whole lot more hype. Um, I mean, I would rather have him – at the 14th tight end, an ADP of 114, then Kyle Rudolph at 86. I mean, for sure. I mean, that's. Um, I, I just think that Kyle Rudolph's a little bit. You know, his variance of, of his season um, is, is is a lot more. Where I think Doyle's, you know, his, his role in the offense, his number of targets, trending in the right direction, and for that price, I mean, you know, I'll 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 get a bunch of running backs in between the the time that you get the two tight ends. Gotcha. All right, everybody, Out of New Fantasy Football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like an NFL GM. It's better fantasy football, auction-based, deep rosters, and college players in the player pool. You can stash those college prospects for the future, trade for superstars to make a championship push, and develop a team over multiple seasons. 
play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet and also against me because I'm going to have an Ottenew team pretty soon. I'll, I'll let you know where that is. It's Ottenew Fantasy Football, O-T-T-O-N-E-U, OttenewFootball.com. You also wrote an article in addition to the PPR article, Peter. You wrote an article about draft strategy. Um, I'm going to quote you to yourself. Of the five wide quote from the of the five wide receivers taken in the top 15 overall of ADP in 2016, two were busts, which is outside the top 36 at the position, and that's significant because since 1998, just seven of the 45 receivers taken in the top 15 of ADP were busts. Do you think that that was a fluke? Or a let's say a sign of things to come that maybe we can't. But the book on the the zero RB people would tell you you can't trust running backs. Do you still think we can trust wide receivers? Yeah, I think it's a little fluky. Um, I think you know if you look at the period before then, you know basically no wide receivers. You know like three guys were outside the top fifteen. Basically nobody got hurt. Two of them got hurt. One of them was Randy Moss. The the weird year he got traded to three teams and just kind of a bizarre year. Um, and those were your only flops. So it was inevitable that a few more guys get hurt. But I think the biggest trend is just that wide receiver, inf- wide receiver inflation has happened. So the second tier wide receivers have been bumped up a bunch and people have been taking second tier, you know, second tier wide receivers is, you know, in late first round and the second round. And those guys just are not the same class. And so they've been a couple of those have been dinged up. But, you know, generally speaking, I think even if you take the last year, you look, you look over the last 20 years, wide receivers, don't get hurt. You know, they're safer. They produce a higher rate. They just don't bust that often. And so my overall draft strategy is, has been take wide receivers early and then quantity of running backs. And, you know, if you have a team where you have two really good receivers to start out and you have a one or two of those running backs, you know, pop and work, you know, you have a cook who becomes a, you know, you know, really good player getting tons of tons of carries goal line work. Um, and you got them in the fifth round you you suddenly have a dominant team. You know, then you have two good wide receivers running back that works. Hopefully you've done okay at the other positions. That's a pretty good, you know, that's that's the way to go. And it's just been trending that way in the NFL. And I think that last year was a little bit of a blip back in terms of running back production. Um, but if you look at the long-term trend, um, it's still wide receivers and they're going to, I think it's, they're going to continue to get more and more of the offense. Uh, I think you're right. Now, do you, do you also think, I think that the the wide receiver, let's say the bust rate, is I look at that and I say fluke. I also look at the you mentioned in this article the the running backs. Let's let's call them bell cows. The three hundred plus rushing running back, which they hardly exist anymore. But the two fifty plus in twenty fourteen, there were eight with two hundred fifty plus carries. In twenty fifteen, there were five. Last year, there were eleven. Um, do you think that pendulum? just in a vacuum forgetting about the wide receivers in relation. Do you think that's swinging back a little bit? No, I think that was kind of a fluke too. If you look at the performance of running backs, at least in fantasy football terms, um, who were taken in the top 15 overall, um, last year there were seven of them. None of them were busts. So nobody got hurt. So, you know, I think that last year was kind of a fluke in terms of running backs staying healthy. Previous year, 2015, there were seven taken in the top 15. Five of them were busts. You know, there are a lot of injuries. And if you look over the trend over the you know the previous like decade, each year there's like two, five, four busts. So last year they just stayed healthier. And so I think that the that also helped you know the number of running backs that had you know 250 plus or you know 250 plus carries to bounce back a little bit. 
if you look at the real trend, I mean, they're like 19 in 2002 and 13 in 2008 and 14 in 2012, you know, yeah. it's just trending down. Right. And if you look at the ones who have had 300 carries or more, it's really pronounced, you know, you had double digits like 10, in 2002, 10 in 2005, each of the last two years, last four years, number of 300 plus carry running backs, one last year, one in 2015, two in 2014, two in 2013. So, you know, they just no one's getting those large workloads anymore, and I just don't see that that trend continuing. I mean, the the way that they, you know, the NFL personnel people have signed running backs, drafted running backs, they're you know contracts for running backs. No one's putting a lot of stock into running backs, so I just don't see that that that's something going to change. Right, and 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 consequently, no one wants to hear about anyone's complaining about running back committees anymore because every running back's in a committee, pretty much, or almost every running back. Um. All right, so you wrote in here that you still like you like a wide receiver, wide receiver start. But if you have one of the top three, definitely the top two, uh, I would suspect the top three, tell me otherwise, are you taking one of the three running backs if you're up top? Yeah, I am. I mean, because of the you know, the the running back who does get two hundred and fifty punt carries, who's in all three downs, who's getting the goal line work, you know, who is the bell cow? They're the rarity. And really, there's only three guys this year that are kind of like that, that you could really invest in, in Johnson, Bell, and Elliott. And you can't turn that down. I think if you go back and you look at all the statistical, you know, performance of players, running backs taken in the first, you know, three to five picks have performed really well. Their upside is off the charts. Um, you know, back in the day, Marshall Falk, whatnot, you know, they really, you know, skew that curve. But even in recent times, that's been the same way. So I wouldn't pass on any of them. I mean, Elliott, obviously, you've got the suspension risk. Um, if he's going to miss a game or two, you know, that's not a big deal, even though it's the first games of the season. And I hate that, but I still probably, you know, yeah. wouldn't take outside the top five. You'd have to kind of depend on the format and, and some other factors in terms of whether you're going to take Brown or Beckham, maybe Jones. Um, but unless he's going to get suspended more than two games, I, don't, I wouldn't probably skip on top five. So no, top three pick, uh, my draft strategy is going, I'm going to take one of those running backs and I'm going to have to do something a little bit different than usual, but pretty much any time after that, I'm probably going to try and start out with multiple wide receivers. All right. Would you, is it, would you rather not have one of the top three picks since you like going wide receiver, wide receiver? Yeah, I, I've, um, I've debated that a lot. I actually traded down in the, uh, in the, uh, a league we did in Vegas, with the Rotowire staff where I had a top three pick and I actually traded to later in the draft. Um, cause I just felt like I, for exactly the reasons you cite, I, I don't know if history says that's a good idea though, because the top three picks, um, have produced such massive returns over the years that it, it's kind of dumb. You should actually probably keep one of the top three picks. But a lot of it is also just comfort with your draft or drafting philosophy and how you do. Um, you know, I'm just I just feel like I'm better at going with two wide receivers and then picking off players later on. And if I start the running back or kind of screw things up a little bit, then sometimes I just get a little bit off my usual pace and don't do as well. And I did that in the Stopa auction this year where I was just price enforcing. It was like the third, the second or third nomination and Elliot was out there and I thought he was going to go for $50. This is a, well, it's a $200 league. I think I said earlier in this podcast is 400. It's $200. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I just said 46. I thought for sure it was going to keep going. And I, and I got stuck with him. you know, stuck. I mean, I probably got like a $5 discount, right? I mean, it's probably, it was a pretty good buy, but it just was, you know, I think in, in drafts and auctions and fancy football, I think it's different than fancy baseball. You're, you know, you have so few players and uh, the positions you have number you have to fill are not that much. And, uh, you know, so you make it when you make a choice in the first round or with your biggest spend in an off 
option, you're kind of picking a direction. It's kind of like choose your own adventure, right? And I mean, when you pick the running back, you go down a different path. You know, if you start with yes. like tight end quarterback, you go down a different path and your whole team and draft is determined by that. And when I did that in the Stopa auction, I just didn't like it. I didn't like how it turned out. You know, I, I don't hate my players. I don't hate my team, but it just wasn't what I wanted. And so, I, you know, I liked going down the, the wide receiver f- uh, first path. I think at the end of the day, your team's a lot better. And I've left a lot of drafts where I've taken the two wide receivers first and I've looked back at the first few running backs and thought, ah, maybe I didn't do it. And at the end of the season, it worked out fine. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't skip the running backs after the first three, but, and I, I probably, you know, I might trade down when I, when I pick my draft selection in the NFFC, I'm, I'm usually always trying to pick, I don't know, maybe six through 12 this year. You know, I like to get in the, in the back half of the draft. I think that, that's usually what I try to get. All right. So if you do that, and this is all, obviously everyone, it depends on how your draft falls. Do you have sort of a, let's say an ideal wide receiver, wide receiver scenario to start a draft? I mean, there's some guys, you know, you're not going to get Beckham and AJ Green because they're both going to go in the first round. But based on ADPs, do you sort of have a pairing that you go, wow, I would love to walk out of here with that one? I think if I get AJ Green and Jordy Nelson, okay. um, it's realistic in most 12 to 14 team leagues. Um, I think that's a, you know, I'm drafting in the first two rounds for floor for safety. Those are pretty safe. Now I know they've both been injured. <laughs> so, right. so maybe they shouldn't be the guys I totally, but I think, you know, in terms of their history, their current health, their quarterback, their offense environment, uh, their target share that, you know, that's about as good as you get. And, uh, if I walked away with those two guys as my first two wide receivers, um, and then after that, I just started loading up on running backs. I'd feel pretty good. Now, you know, you could end up doing a little bit better. Um, I think, you know, you might be able you know, to, to luck out. Uh, in the Vegas league that I talked about is a 14-team league. Um, I got – I'm trying to pull it up here. Hold on a second just to make sure I'm quoting the right guys. So in that one, I had the eighth pick. Odell Beckham actually fell to me, which is a, a real windfall. Yeah. Probably not, not going to happen in those leagues. But somebody took um, Howard um, at fifth. This is a non-PPR league. You start three wide receivers. It's 14 teams. It's not crazy. I mean, if somebody wants to go running back over, you know, Howard over Beckham, I wouldn't do it. But it's not insane, right? I think it's it's not some it's something you'll see in leagues right. here and there. Um, and if I would have taken Beckham, I would have taken AJ Green, who went two spots later. And then the second round, I went with T.Y. Hilton, a pretty safe guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third round, I actually went Demarius Thomas. So, um, you know, to me, that was a great start. And if, even if I had just gone, if Thomas hadn't been there and I'd gone with a running back, um, I still, I, you know, that's a pretty good combo to start out with in a 14 team league. All right. So who's your fourth running back? Fourth running back yeah. in that league? No, for your fourth running back in, in, in your rankings after the, the big three, who's your next one? Oh boy. Um, you know, it's funny cause I'm not really probably thinking about that as much. Cause I'm usually never in that spot. Um, after that, I'm pretty scared about most of the running backs. I mean, I know that everyone can talk themselves into, um, a, a lot of these players that are, you know, currently going in the first round. Um, but it's, I, you know, I'll just, it's Gord, Gordon McCoy, Freeman, Howard, maybe Jay Ajayi, I think is that is the group that you would yeah. pick from. And I can, I can see cases for all of them, but none of them are so established I mean, you know, if you go through I, I, all of them to me, just, you know, have, I, I just would rather have a wide receiver. Gordon, he's, yeah, he's going to get all the carries, but he's been kind of dinged up. You know, that, is that offense really going to be that good? I mean, I, I charge every year. Everyone loves the offense and then it just seems like it never materializes. But maybe that's just my uh, warped recollection. Um, 
you know, McCoy, you got mileage risk. Um, uh, you know, Jordan Howard, he's going to be on just a terrible offense. Right. And, you right. know, was, I, I know he was good, but I just, you know, the offense environment might be so terrible. Um, Freeman, Freeman, I like, I think he, you know, he's been productive a couple years in a row. The offense will definitely take a step back. Um, and Ajay, I mean, I know that a lot of people like him and he's going to get a ton of targets. He had, I mean, it's a ton of carries. He had the 200 yard games, but again, he's just not that proven where, you know, I could easily see where he has, you know, he has a couple bad games and then are you, you know, are you, are you, are you that confident, you know, that your team, that you made the right pick the rest of the rest of the year. So I, I just think that a lot of times this is the way it works every year. Everyone looks at the first round after the first, you know, a couple of running backs at the top who are the solid guys and talks themselves into why they're going to be awesome. And, you know, why they're going to be bell cows and why they're never going to get injured. And if you go back and you look at the track record, that's just not the case, you know? So I'd rather, I'd rather, and not, you know, I'd rather have an AJ green than all those guys. Okay. So, so let's, I'm going to push this one a little further. Let's say you're at pick 11. So after the first three, let's say Antonio, Beckham, Julio, Evans, and Green all go. Are there more wide receivers you'd take? Like, let's say your next back is Freeman. Do you, do you still, would you go, you know what? I don't want the running back. I'd rather have Michael Thomas or I'd rather have Amari Cooper. Do you, do you put, how far do you put, I mean, is it, is it definitely a wide receiver for you based on what could be available? Basically, you'd have to go, let's say, eight receivers deep before a running back or something. Would, would you? Yeah, I think that's, I think, I mean, I, I might take, you know, depending on the format and stuff like that, I might take Freeman in that spot. Yeah. Um, it, but that's, that's kind of where, you know, that's where it gets tough. But you, most leagues, I'm not really facing that kind of decision, you know, and, um, and so it's, you know, I want, I want, I want have to do that. But, you're right. I mean, that's where it gets a little bit tougher. Once you start seeing eight, nine, ten wide receivers off, and you're, you know, you're you're picking first, and you're getting, you know, you're getting in that kind of running back range, it's it's a little bit tougher decision. But most of the times, that's not what happens. Yeah. See, I, I think I'm with you though. I'm I'm trying to find reasons to take the receiver, even down there. I mean, like you said, fortunately, you know, people will take after the first five receivers, they'll probably take Freeman or McCoy or Gordon. But I'm and I'm still looking for the receiver. I'm going, you know, even if it's Michael Thomas over, you know, Howard. Okay, I'm good. Because because I I the the running backs just worry me too much, like you said I yeah. people try to talk themselves into them and and they don't work out enough for me. Yeah, so. and it just I also think this year you know with with the running backs last year there were there were the seven running backs none of them were busts. I just think that and I've, most of the leagues are going to talk themselves into running back running back a lot more in the first round. I've done a you know a, a several drafts. They're all easy in the, early in the season, so they're maybe not indica- in, you know as indicative as much because of the timing and just the sample size. But those leagues were heavy running back, and I just I didn't face those types of scenarios. And I think in most formats you're not you're not going to have to you know dip into that next tier of running back versus their next tier of wide receiver uh, versus running back. You're going to be able to get a pretty good wide receiver. Right. Okay. Everybody, listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. You don't need a credit card for that. It just lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out, rotowire.com slash pod. All right, Peter, we talked about the PPR article. Um, What else? You're still covering Colts and Vikings. What else, not just from you, but from everybody else at Rotowire this week should we be looking for? Well, it's draft season, right? It's getting going. Everyone's probably got their drafts, unlike us, who've already done a whole bunch, unless you're in the industry. Um, I mean, a real thing, the, you know, the thing I always tell everybody when, they, when they're just drafting in general, I say, go draft our, go get our draft software, either PC, um, which you can download and, and use on your computer, it's very good, or on your iPad or, or uh, iPhone, use your iPad because you have more real estate. 
um, go search in the app store. It's the number one selling uh, fantasy football app, actually sports app. Um, and those, that's what I use to draft. Uh, you know, for my draft, I'm not big on like tracking everything. I just like to have a good cheat sheet and cross everything off. The iPad app is great because you can draft your own team and you just check off players. Before your draft, you can go in there and highlight all the guys who are your sleepers so you don't forget them. Even though I know the player pool really well, when you're in the heat of an auction or a draft, sometimes you'll just forget a player. Right. Instant, you know. So like having that reminder of like, oh, yeah, I need to remember that Marlon Mack is my sleeper, which, you know, sometimes it's obvious, but in the heat of the battle, sometimes you forget. Um, that's very helpful. Um, and that's usually what I use. I usually use my iPad and my PC. I'll be checking out the players on the iPad and looking at the rankings. And then on my PC, um, you should be on, a, you know, looking looking at who's been drafted, the draft software, if we're like in Yahoo or whatever other format. Um, or I'll be doing research on players at the time, um, you know, looking them up here and there, player pages on RotoWire or whatnot. That's usually what I do. So um, if anything, you know, if you take anything away from this, you don't know RotoWire, I would definitely try one of those products. You can you can do the, the PC software with a free trial. Um, the iPad, you have to you pay for it. There's no you know, free trial, but um, you know, it's seven dollars, so it's it's not like a, a, a super expensive. But those are the two things I'd recommend the most. And obviously, we got a lot of other content and podcasts and everything. That, that, that's great. But you know, when it's time to come to the draft, those are the, those are the two things I'd recommend the most. All right, great, Peter. Thanks a lot for doing this with me. All right. Yeah, it was great. You know, doing a great job on the podcast. I'm looking forward to listen, listen, listening to them all. I appreciate that. And everybody, like Peter said, all there's tons of fantasy football content at RotoWire. Please go check it out. Uh, if you like the podcast, if you could leave us a review wherever you're listening and a rating, we would love that. Thanks a lot. That's going to be all for this edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next one's going to be coming on Wednesday, so please check back. We're going to have more great draft info that's going to help you out. For Peter Shanky, I'm John Halpin. Thank you for listening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.